Hi friend, Sharice here, and today we have a special bonus episode for you. We're going to be playing a round of Star Trek trivia. Do you have what it takes to be a trivia admiral, or will you be a trivia ensign? Keep listening to find out. Hello, and welcome to the Star Trek Trivia TNG edition. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Sharice, and today Andrea is going to be joining us through these amazing special effects that you're going to hear throughout this episode. Now, unfortunately, Andrea is currently under the weather and has no voice, so we decided to whip up this really fun bonus trivia episode, um, so that way we can still bring you guys some really cool content without Andrea having to hurt herself. <laughs> so. Um, there's, here's how the game's going to work. I'm going to ask you 16 multiple choice questions about episodes ranging from season one to season seven. Mm, I think it may only go to season six, but whatever. Season one to season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're going to have two ways to score. The first way you can score is if you answer the question after I finish telling you the question, but before I give you any options, you get 10 points. If, however, I've given all four options and then you get the right answer before the 10 second timer runs out, then you get five points. And if you get the answer right after the timer runs out, you get zero points because this is real life and not everybody gets a trophy. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and get started. Oh, by the way, when you finish, we definitely want to hear how you did. So hit us up on Instagram at the TNG podcast and let us know where you landed so we can celebrate or commiserate with you. So that being said, let's start the game. Question one. What card game did the bridge crew often play? A, poker. B, domjot. C, Parisi squares. Or D, stratagema. The answer was A, poker. We get to see the bridge crew play poker a billion times on the show, and it is definitely one of me and Andrea's favorite parts of kind of watching the slice of life of what the crew does behind the scenes. Um, It's also a cool way to see them just bond and to see how they teach data about the art of the bluff and all the cool little conversations they have. So definitely a favorite of ours. Question number two, what Betazoid word also means beloved. A. Kapla. B. Chadich. C. Makbara. Or D. Imzadi. The answer is D. Imzadi. I actually Googled to see if there were some other Betazoid words that like I just didn't remember so I could throw it in to this uh, question to kind of trick people, right? Because if you didn't notice, all those other words were Klingon. Um, Turns out Imzadi is like the only Betazoid word ever spoken in all of TNG, which is crazy, right? Because we have like a million Klingon words. Like there are people in real life right now who speak full on Klingon. So go figure. Question number three, what did Worf call a warrior's drink? A, coffee, B, blood wine, C, prune juice, or D, fire whiskey? The answer was C, prune juice. 
Worf declared that prune juice was a warrior's drink in season three, episode 15, Yesterday's Enterprise, after Guinan gave him a sip in 10 Forward. And it was just everything. I think it might be one of the most iconic <laughs> Worf scenes from the entire show because it's just so like strange that some guy who's so big and strong and tough would love a drink that is favored by grandmas and granddads all over the world. Question number four. What was the name of the starship engineer whose holographic likeness Jordy fell madly in love with? A. Leah Brahms. B. Aquiel. C. Kalar. Or D. Lieutenant Shelby. The answer was A. Leah Brahms. She first shows up in season three, episode six, Booby Trap. That's the episode where the Enterprise is stuck in some energy draining field in some long forgotten war zone. And Jordy has to figure out a way to get the ship unstuck. So he recreates Leah Brahms, who was the engineer who designed the Enterprise, and kind of, you know, chats with her and figures out a way to get the entire ship unstuck. Now, the weird thing is he starts flirting with this holodeck character and like at one point they kiss and he's just really, really into her. Now, funny thing happens in season four, episode 16, Galaxy's Child, Leah Brahms comes back on the ship and she is none too pleased with Jordy. She's really not happy with him because she thinks he's tinkered with all the perfections of the ship that she created. But she's really pissed when she discovers this holodeck program that Jordy, for some reason, did not delete. So it's fun had by all. Highly recommend watching both episodes. Question five. What was the only clip show episode during the entire run of The Next Generation called? A, Peak Performance. B, Pen Pals. C, Shades of Grey. Or D, Time Squared. If you like Pina Colada. The answer was C, Shades of Grey. And that was season two, episode 22. It was a season finale. It was arguably one of the dumbest episodes they've ever had. Um, if you don't remember, this is the one where Riker and Jordy are on an away mission in some jungle planet and some really vicious plant uh, just attacks Riker. We don't know why. We don't know why. We don't know who. We don't know how. But attacks Riker. And then Riker's put into some kind of coma, and then there's some kind of virus slash bacteria that came from the plant that's affecting Riker's brain. So he has to relive all these different memories in his life, which are just clips from season one all the way through to the end of season two. We don't have a lot of clips to pull from. And what ends up saving his life is when he starts thinking about all the times he almost died. Yeah, it makes no sense to us either. So definitely give that one a skip. Question number six. How did Picard learn to play the Resican flute? A, years of practice. B, living a lifetime through an alien probe. C, from his implanted Borg knowledge. Or D, he never learned. The answer was B, 
living a lifetime through an alien probe. This happened in Season 5, Episode 25, Inner Light. Now, these options were probably not exactly what you just said out loud while you were driving in your car or doing your errands or whatever you're doing while you listen to us. Um, So if you said anything about inner light or alien civilization or mind control or anything like that, go ahead and give yourself the full 10 points. If you said that before, I gave the options, of course. Question number seven. What Vulcan member of the Enterprise medical staff was often referenced but seen only once? A. Dr. Salar. B. Nurse Ogawa. C. Dr. Pulaski. Or D. Dr. Stubbs. The answer was A. Dr. Salar. And that was in Season 2, Episode 6, Schizoid Man. That's the one where Data meets basically his grandfather. And it's actually a character that Brent Spiner doesn't play. That's a, It's a really good one. Um, Dr. Salar, love her. She's played by the amazingly talented Susie Plaxon, who also plays Kalar, and just a ton of other great characters in Trek, and I'm sure other movies and shows as well. Yeah, but we love Dr. Salar. So every time she gets mentioned, we're like, oh my gosh, even though we don't ever see her ever again besides that one episode. Question eight. Who helped Alexander program his Wild West holodeck simulation? A. Barclay. B. Data. C. Worf. Or D. Jordy. The answer is A. Barclay. He does this in Season 6, Episode 8. Fistful of Datas. One of my favorite episodes. So fun. That's the one when Alexander convinces Worf to come with him to the holodeck. They go to the ancient West and they play this whole program. Troy joins them and something happens with Data's mind and the ship and they get integrated and every single character in the holodeck turns into Data and they can't escape and the safeties are off. And it is just, it's a fun time had by all. That's a really fun, like kind of light and frothy episode. So if you're looking for a good time, Definitely check that one out. Question number nine. Captain Jellicoe had his own command catchphrase, similar to Picard's. What was it? A, make it so. B, get it done. C, make it work. Or D, now you lot... The answer is B, get it done. Uh, he said that a couple times. Um, this He said that in season six, episodes 10 and 11, Chain of Command, parts one and two. Those episodes are kind of the opposite of the Fistful of Data's episodes. They're very heavy. This is the one where Picard gets kidnapped um, and he's being like tortured. And it is, it's really hard to watch, but it's it's incredibly powerful and beautifully done and wonderfully acted and incredibly written. Very good. Highly recommend watching those, but maybe watch those before watching Fistful of Datas so you can kind of like rinse out <laughs> the icky taste in your mouth with something a little more light and frothy. I will say this question 
which by the way, I got all these questions from a Star Trek trivia book. Like I didn't make these up. This question's probably not as clear as the other ones. So I'm going to say if you guessed B, even after I gave the options, go ahead and give yourself the full 10 points. I don't think you're going to be, be able to guess what Captain Jellicoe's catchphrase was. Okay, question number 10. The four lobed brains of what race are difficult for Betazoids to telepathically read? A. Romulans, B. Vulcans, C. Ferengi, or D. Cardassians? And the answer was C. Ferengi. Um, we see the Ferengi a lot. They first show up in season one, and it is just a racist piece of crap. I wouldn't watch that episode. You know what? I didn't even write down the name of this episode because it's not worth watching. <laughs> but they come up several more times in TNG, and sometimes they're okay. A lot of times they're not great. So I would recommend just sticking with the Ferengi you see in Deep Space Nine because they're fully kind of flushed out there. They have a culture. They have There's more meat on that bone than you see in TNG, but they are introduced. They are invented as a species in TNG. So for that reason, thank you, TNG. Question number 11. Who was the Borg that Jordy managed to isolate from the rest of the collective? A. Locutus. B. Croesus. C. One of three. Or D. Hugh. We are the Borg. Existence as you know it is over. We will add your biological... The answer was D. Hugh. This happens in Season 5, Episode 24, I, Borg. And it's a really lovely episode. In this episode, Picard is just wanting to dismantle or destroy Hugh or turn him into a weapon to destroy all of the Borg. And Guinan is all about that life. And it takes several other crew members to kind of help them see that, that now that Hugh is a sentient individual, it's not really right to use him as a weapon of war. It's a really good episode. We actually get a Where Are They Now with Hugh in season six, episode 26, and in season seven, episode one, so kind of the season finale of season six and the season opener of season seven, called Descent. And that's when Lore takes over a planet full of drones. And at the very end of the first episode, we we see Hugh, and then we get to see him a little bit more in that follow-up episode. Those are very good. Highly recommend watching. Question number 12. Who was Guinan's imaginary friend? A, Q, B, a bunny rabbit, C, a Tarkasian razor beast, or D, an Aldebaran serpent. The answer is C, a Tarkasian razor beast. Guinan admits this in Season 5, Episode 22, Imaginary Friend. This is the one where some random crewman has a daughter, and she has an imaginary friend, and one day her imaginary friend becomes real and starts wreaking havoc on the ship, and then brings all her other little imaginary friends to the ship to hold it in this weird kind of fiber-filled net part of space, and they're going to destroy the ship, and it's crazy. This one is, mm, I don't know if it's a great episode, but it's definitely interesting. It's a little more scary. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would say definitely go and watch this one. But like if you have nothing else better to do, then yeah, 
then yeah, watch this one. Question 13. What powers a Romulan starship's engine? A, a black hole. B, an artificial quantum singularity. C, anti-time particles. Or D, phase matter. The answer is B, an artificial quantum singularity, which is actually like a fake black hole. How cool is that? This is probably the coolest kind of ship technology that we hear of on the ship. I would say the coolest we see is the cloaking because, come on, the ship just disappears and reappears and it makes a cool sound and it shimmers and it's got cool, you know, this cool like glow. That's very, very cool. But I would say aside from that, this artificial quantum singularity that powers your ship is such a cool idea, like really, really like mind-blowing. This is one of the most beautiful things of sci-fi, I think, is when you can think outside the box like that. Question 14. Which real-life astronaut had a cameo in the episode Second Chances? A. Neil Armstrong B. Buzz Aldrin C. John Glenn or D. Dr. May Jameson that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The answer is D, Dr. May Jameson. This happened in season six, episode 25, which is called Second Chances. We just said that. And um, it's very kind of slight role. She's kind of in the transporter room and a little behind the scenes, but how cool is that, right? For an astronaut who is a huge fan of the show to be a guest star on the show. And for people who are on the show playing astronauts, pretending to be astronauts to meet a real astronaut. This whole situation was so cool. And Andrea managed to dig up some behind the scene uh, footage from just the film, the shooting of that particular episode. And there's this great picture of Nichelle Nichols, who plays Uhura in the original series, talking to, to uh, Mae Jemison on set. And it's just, it's just everything. It makes my heart so happy. It's very, very cool. One of the beautiful things about, again, about sci-fi and how it can affect popular culture. Question 15, which powerful being did the crew suspect was a member of the Q continuum, but proved not to be? A, the traveler, B, the crystalline entity, C, Ardra, or D, the space jellyfish from Farpoint Station? The answer is C, Ardra. And that was in season four, episode 13, Devil's Do. That is a great episode. It's so much fun. So in that one, Ardra comes to this planet and claims to be the devil and says that she has some contract with the people of this world that was written, I don't know, like 500 years ago or something. And now she's here to um, to fulfill the contract and to get her due, which is basically owning the entire planet and everything about it and all of their money and all kinds of craziness. She ends up being this really clever con woman. And the whole episode is just genius. It's so much fun. Highly, highly recommend. Um, this one was a hard one, too. So if you guessed Ardra before I gave any options, 
You should give yourself 15 points because this one was tough. Question 16. Who was the wise gardener who advised Picard during his academy days? A. Sarek. B. Boothby. C. Cisco. Or D. Locarno. The answer is B. Boothby. And we first see Boothby in season five, episode 20, First Duty. And it's so fun to see him. He's just, I, I don't even know how many times he shows up in TNG. It might have only been once. And then he shows up, obviously, in Voyager. Um, I don't know if he's ever in Deep Space Nine, but he's one of those characters, kind of like Mott the Barber, where you only see this character once and maybe twice, but they're so significant for some reason that you feel like they're in a ton of episodes. They've got to be in five or six episodes. They've got to be in, se- be in several seasons of the show because Boothby does get mentioned again, I think once. <laughs> Picard mentions him again in the future, but something about this, or maybe it was, it was either before or after this episode that that Picard mentions Boothby, but something about this episode and something about this character is so lasting that you feel like they are taking up so much more space than they really are, which again, is just a testament to the amazing world building that TNG can do. And with that, that is the end of the game. So let's go ahead and add up your score. If you've been keeping track of your points, which let's face it, you probably haven't, (laughs) but if you have, here's what the points are. So you can kind of figure out where you fall on this spectrum. If you got between zero and 32 points, you are a trivia ensign. If you got between 33 and 64 points, you are a trivia lieutenant. If you got between 65 and 96 points, you are a trivia commander. If you got between 97 and 128 points, you are a trivia captain. And if you got between 129 and 160 points, you are a trivia admiral. So how did you do? Let us know on Instagram by going to at the TNG podcast. That's our handle. Let us know. Or you can send us an email to info at the TNG podcast and let us know how you did. Next week, we will hopefully resume our regularly scheduled programming with season seven, episode 10, Inheritance. But until then, live long and game on. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.